Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 166. Today we're going to go back to the book of Isaiah. We'll read from Isaiah 7 to 10, Psalm 118 and Matthew 26, and see a theme running throughout them of a rejected king. Promises of a king in Isaiah, uh, promise of a king who will be rejected in Psalm 118, and then the actual reality of that king being rejected by those even closest to him, and seeing this play out in the life of Jesus, making all these prophecies from the past be seen as true and fulfilled in him, and yet all this rejection for the purpose of saving people who actually have rejected him themselves. And so there's a story of sadness, but also a story of great hope for people like us, who even though we've rejected the king we ought to have embraced, we are rejecting a king who actually comes to embrace us, to draw us back to himself, and to see that he is a king unlike any other. And so we'll begin today with Isaiah chapter 7. During the reign of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, King Rezin of Syria, and King Pekah, son of Ramaliah of Israel, marched up to Jerusalem to do battle, but they were unable to prevail against it. It was reported to the family of David, Syria has allied with Ephraim. They and their people were emotionally shaken, just as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. So the Lord told Isaiah, Go out with your son, Shir Jashub, and meet Ahaz at the end of the conduit of the upper pool that is located on the road to the field where they wash and dry cloth. Tell him, make sure you stay calm. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by those two stubs of smoking logs or by the raging anger of Rezin, Syria, and the son of Remaliah. Syria has plotted with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah to bring about your demise. They say, let's attack Judah, terrorize it, and conquer it. Then we'll set up the son of Tabiel as its king. For this reason, the sovereign Lord says, it will not take place. It will not happen. For Syria's leader is Damascus, and the leader of Damascus is Rezin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will no longer exist as a nation. Ephraim's leader is Samaria, and Samaria's leader is the son of Ramaliah. If your faith does not remain firm, then you will not remain secure. And the Lord again spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask for a confirming sign from the Lord your God. You can even ask for something miraculous. But Ahaz responded, I don't want to ask. I don't want to put the Lord to a test. So Isaiah replied, Pay attention, family of David. Do you consider it too insignificant to try the patience of men? Is that why you are also trying the patience of my God? For this reason, the Lord himself will give you a confirming sign. Look, this young woman is about to conceive and will give birth to a son. So You, young woman, will name him Emmanuel. He will eat sour milk and honey which will help him to know how to reject evil and choose what is right. Here is why this will be so. Before the child knows how to reject evil and choose what is right, the land whose two kings you fear will be desolate. The Lord will bring on you, your people, and your father's family, a time unlike any since Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. At that time the Lord will whistle for flies from the distant streams of Egypt and for bees from the land of Assyria. 
All of them will come and make their home in the ravines between the cliffs and the, and the crevices and in, of the cliffs and all the thorn bushes and all the watering holes. At that time, the Lord will use a razor hired from the banks of the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave the hair off the head and private parts and will also shave off your, the beard. At that time, a man will keep alive a young cow from the herd and, and a couple of goats. From the abundance of milk they produce, he will have sour milk for his meals. Indeed, everyone left in the heart of the land will eat sour milk and honey. At that time, every place where there had been 1,000 vines worth 1,000 silver shekels will be overrun with thorns and briars. With bow and arrow, people will hunt there, for the whole land will be covered with thorns and briars. They will stay away from all the hills that were cultivated for fear of the thorns and briars. Cattle will graze there and sheep will trample on them. And the Lord told me, Take a large tablet and inscribe these words on it in an ordinary stylus, Mahir Shalal Hashbaz. Then I will summon as my reliable witnesses Uriah the priest and Zechariah son of Jeberachiah. I then approached the prophetess for marital relations. She conceived and gave birth to a son. The Lord told me, Name him Mahir Shalal Hashbaz. For before the child knows how to cry out, My father or my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the plunder of Samaria will be carried off by the king of Assyria. The Lord spoke to me again, saying, These people have rejected the gently flowing waters of Shiloh and met, melt in fear over Rezin and the son of Remaliah. So look, the Lord is bringing up against them the turbulent and mighty waters of the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria and all his majestic power. It will reach flood stage and overflow its banks. It will spill into Judah, flooding and engulfing as it reaches to the necks of its victims. He will spread his wings out over the enti your entire land, O Emmanuel. You'll be broken, O nations. You'll be shattered. Pay attention, all you distant lands of the earth. Get ready for battle and you will be shattered. Get ready for battle and you will be shattered. Devise your strength strategy, but it will be thwarted. Issue your orders, but they will not be executed. For God is with us. Indeed, this is what the Lord told me quite forcefully. He warned me not to act like these people, saying, Do not say conspiracy every time these people say the word. Don't be afraid of what scares them. Don't be terrified. You must recognize the authority of the Lord of Heaven's armies. He is the one you must respect. He is the one you must fear. He will become a sanctuary, but a stone that makes a person trip, a rock that makes one stumble. To the two houses of Israel, he will become a trap and a snare to the residents of Jerusalem. Many will stumble over the stone and the rock and will fall and be seriously injured and will be ensnared and captured. Tie up the scroll as legal evidence, seal the official record of God's instructions and give it to my followers. I will wait patiently for the Lord who has rejected the family of Jacob. I will wait for him. Look, I and the sons whom the Lord has given me are reminders and object lessons in Israel sent from the Lord of heaven's armies who lives on Mount Zion. They will say to you, seek oracles at the pits used to conjure up underworld spirits from the magicians who chirp and mutter incantations. Should people not seek oracles from their gods by asking the dead about the destiny of the living? Then you must recall the Lord's instructions and the prophetic testimony of what would happen. Certainly they say such things because their minds are spiritually darkened. They will pass through the land destitute and starving. Their hunger will make them angry, and they will curse their king and their God as they look upward. When one looks out over the land, he sees distress and darkness, gloom and anxiety, darkness and people forced from the land. The gloom will be dispelled for those who, are, who were anxious. In earlier times, he humiliated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. 
But now he brings honor by, to the way of the sea, the region beyond the Jordan, and Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness see a bright light. Light shines on those who live in a land of deep darkness. You have enlarged the nation. You, have, you give them great joy. They rejoice in your presence as harvesters rejoice, as warriors celebrate when they divide up this plunder. For they, uh, their oppressive yoke and the club that strikes their shoulders, the cudgel the oppressor uses on them, you have shattered as in the day of Midian's defeat. Indeed, every boot that marches and shakes the earth and every garment dragged through the blood is used as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us, he shoulders responsibility and is called Wonderful Advisor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His dominion will be vast and he will bring immeasurable prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom, establishing it and strengthening it by promoting justice and fairness from this time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of heaven's armies will accomplish this. The Lord decreed judgment on Jacob and it fell on Israel. All the people were aware of it and the the people of Ephraim and those living in Samaria. Yet with pride and arrogant attitude, they said, the bricks have fallen on us, but we will rebuild with chiseled stone. The sycamore fig trees have been cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Then the Lord provoked their adversaries to attack them. He stirred up their enemies, Syria from the east and the Philistines from the west. They gobbled up Israelite territory. Despite all this, his anger does not subside and his hand is ready to strike again. The people did not return to the one who struck them, and they did not seek reconciliation with the Lord of heaven's armies. So the Lord cut off Israel's head and tail, both the shoots and the stalk in one day. The leaders and the highly respected people are the head. The prophets who teach lies are the tail. The leaders of this nation were misleading the people, and the people being led were destroyed. So the Lord was not pleased with their young men. He took no pity on their orphans and widows, for the whole nation was godless and did wicked things. Every mouth was speaking disgraceful words. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. For evil burned like a fire. It consumed thorns and briars. It burned up the thickets of the forest, and they went up in smoke. Because of the anger of the Lord of heaven's armies, the land was scorched, and the people became fuel for the fire. People had no compassion on one another. They devoured on the right, but were still hungry. They ate on the left, but they were not satisfied. People even ate the flesh of their own arm. Manasseh fought against Ephraim and Ephraim against Manasseh. Together they fought against Judah. Despite all this, his anger does not subside and his hand is ready to strike again. Beware those who enact unjust policies, those who are always instituting unfair regulations to keep the poor from getting fair treatment and to deprive the oppressed among my people of justice so they can steal what widows own and loot what belongs to orphans. What will you do on Judgment Day when destruction arrives from a distant place? To whom will you run for help? Where will you, le- where will you leave your wealth? You have no place to go except to kneel with the prisoners or to fall among those who have been killed. Despite all this, his anger does not subside and his hand is ready to strike again. Beware, Assyria, the club I use to vent my anger, a cudgel with which I angrily punish. I sent him against a godless nation. I ordered him to attack the people with whom I was angry, to take plunder and to carry away loot, to trample them down in the dirt of the streets. But he does not agree with this. His mind does not reason this way, for his goal is to destroy and to eliminate many nations. Indeed, he says, Are not my officials all kings? Is not Kalna like Carchemish, Hamath like Arphad? Samaria like Damascus? 
I overpowered kingdoms ruled by idols, whose carved images were more impressive than Jerusalem's or Samaria's. As I have done to Samaria and its idols, so I will do to Jerusalem and its idols. But when the Lord finishes judging Mount Zion and Jerusalem, then he will punish the king of Assyria for what he has proudly planned and for the arrogant attitude he displays. For he says, By my strong hand I have accomplished this, by my strategy that I devised. I invaded the territory of nations and looted their storehouses. Like a mighty conqueror, I brought down rulers. My hand discovered the wealth of nations, as if it were in a nest, as one gathers up abandoned eggs. I gathered up the whole earth. There was no wing flapping or open mouth chirping. Does an axe exalt itself over the one who wields it? Or a saw magnify itself over the one who cuts with it? As if a scepter should brandish the one who raises it, or a staff should lift up what is not made of wood? For this reason, the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies will make his healthy ones emaciated. His majestic glory will go up in smoke. The light of Israel will become a fire. The Holy One will become a flame. It will burn and consume the Assyrian king's briars and his thorns in one day. The splendor of his forest and his orchard will be completely destroyed. And when... A sick man's life ebbs away, as when a sick man's life ebbs away. There will be so few trees left in his forest, the child will be able to count them. At that time, those left in Israel, those who remain of the family of Jacob, will no longer rely on a foreign leader that abuses them. Instead, they will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will come back, a remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For though your people Israel are as numerous as the sand on the seashore, only a remnant will come back. Destruction has been decreed. Just punishment is about to engulf you. The sovereign Lord of heaven's armies is certainly ready to carry out the decreed destruction throughout the land. So here's what the sovereign Lord of heaven's army says. My people who live in Zion, do not be afraid of Assyria, even though they beat you with a club and lift their cudgel against you as Egypt did. For very soon, my fury will subside and my anger will be directed toward their destruction. The Lord of heaven's armies is about to beat them with a whip, similar to the way he struck down Midian at the rock of Oreb. He will use his staff against the sea, lifting it up as he did in Egypt. At that time, the Lord will remove their burden from their shoulders and their yoke from their neck. The yoke will be taken off because your neck will be too large. They attacked Aeth, moved through Migron, depositing their supplies at Michmash. They went through the pass, spent the night at Geba. Ramah trembled. Gibeah of Saul ran away. Shout out, daughter of Galim. Pay attention, Laatlash. Answer me, Anathoth. Madmedina flees. The residents of Gibim have hidden. To this very day, standing in Nob, they shake their fist at daughter Zion's mountain at the hill of Jerusalem. Look, the sovereign lord of heaven's armies is ready to cut off the branches with terrifying power. The tallest trees will be cut down. The loftiest ones will be brought low. The thickets of the forest will be dropped down with an axe. And mighty Lebanon will fall. After that, a mixture again of God bringing punishment on his own people because they've rejected him, there's this call of, of God to actually remind them that there will be a day where he will come back, and yet they keep rejecting him. And now we turn to Psalm 18, which speaks of God's loyal, faithful love to his unfaithful people, but also again a reminder that they will reject the very king who comes to save them. And it's a reminder and a pointing forward, actually, of what we'll see in Matthew 26. Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his loyal love endures. Let Israel say, yes, his loyal love endures. Let the family of Aaron say, 
Yes, his loyal love endures. Let the loyal followers of the Lord say, Yes, his loyal love endures. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. The Lord answered me and put me in a wide open place. The Lord is on my side. I am not afraid. What can people do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take shelter in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take shelter in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me. Indeed, the name of the Lord I pushed in the name of the Lord I pushed them away. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me. Indeed, in the name of the Lord I pushed them away. They surrounded me like bees, but they disappeared as quickly as fire among thorns. Indeed, in the name of the Lord I pushed them away. You aggressively attacked me and tried to knock me down, but the Lord helped me. The Lord gives me strength and protects me. He has become my deliverer. They celebrate deliverance in the tents of the godly. The Lord's right hand conquers. The Lord's right hand gives victory. The Lord's right hand conquers. I will not die, but live. I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord severely punished me, but he did not hand me over to death. Open for me the gates of the just king's temple. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the Lord's gate. The godly enter through it. I will give give you thanks, for you answered me and have become my deliverer. The stone that the builders discarded has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's work. We consider it amazing. This is the day the Lord has brought about. We will be happy and rejoice in it. Please, Lord, deliver. Please, Lord, grant us success. May the one who comes in the name of the Lord be blessed. We will pronounce blessings on you in the Lord's temple. The Lord is God and he has delivered us. Tie the offering with ropes to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God and I will praise you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his loyal love endures. You see in the midst of that praising God for his protection, this reminder of this rejected stone that Jesus actually speaks about himself when speaking of himself as the one who's rejected. And we're going to conclude today with Matthew 26. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he told his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people met together in the place of the high priest who was named Caiaphas. They planned to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, so that there won't be a riot among the people. Now while Jesus was at Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of expensive perfumed oil, and she poured it on his head as he was at the table. When the disciples saw this, they became indignant and said, Why this waste? It could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. When Jesus learned of this, he said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a good service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this oil on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me to betray him into your hands? So they set out thirty silver coins for him. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will observe the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had instructed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he took his place at the table with the twelve. 
And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They became greatly distressed, and each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go as as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had never been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus replied, You have said it yourself. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And after taking the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood, the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, from now on I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, This night you will all fall away because of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter said to him, If they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, on this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he became anguished and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved, even to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he threw himself down with his face to the ground and prayed, Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, So, couldn't you stay awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, Father, if this, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will must be done. He came again and found them sleeping. They could not keep their eyes open. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is approaching, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is approaching. And while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent by the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and took hold of Jesus and arrested him. But one of those with Jesus grabbed his sword, drew it out, and struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place, for all who take hold of the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot call on my father and that he would send me more than twelve legions of angels right now? How then would the scriptures that it says How then would the scriptures that say it must happen this way be fulfilled? At that moment Jesus said to the crowd, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me like you would an outlaw? 
Day after day I sat teaching in the temple courts, yet you did not arrest me. But this has happened so that the scriptures of the prophets would be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Now the ones who had arrested Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, in whose house the experts in the law and the elders had gathered. But Peter was following him from a distance, all the way to the high priest's courtyard. After going in, he sat with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were trying to find false testimony against Jesus so that he could, they could put him to death. But they did not find anything, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. So the high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? Why, what is this that, you are te- that they are testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself, but I tell you from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and declared, He has blasphemed. Why do we still need witnesses? Now you have heard the blasphemy. What is your verdict? They answered, He is guilty and deserves death. Then they spat in his face and struck him with their fists, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy for us, you Christ, who hit you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A slave girl came to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. When he went out to the gateway, another slave girl saw him and said to the people there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. He denied it again with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, those standing there came up to Peter and said, You really are one of them too. Even your accent gives you away. At that he began to curse, and he swore an oath, saying, I do not know the man. At that moment a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said, Before the rooster crows you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So we see Jesus, the king, rejected going through all these, even his closest followers, one betrays him, another denies him, the rest flee away. And it shows us Jesus suffering in a way that we would have deserved. And yet he knew, as he said, it was the Father's will. It was the Father's plan. It was the only way for him to suffer and die in our place, in the place of those who turned to him, the rejected king, and looked to him for the forgiving love and grace and mercy that only he can give. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You